everybody online. Uh, we've got a missing today, so we want to pray for them and the things that's going on with them. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We thank you that you're a good God doing great things for us. Father, today, let your word come alive. Let it jump completely off the page and into our spirit. Let it change us as you mold us and make us into your image. Let your word just become life to all of our flesh, health to all of our body. We thank you, Lord, that your word changes us and molds us into your image, presses us down, cookie cutters us to be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. amen. We're going to continue with um, uh, finding your place in the kingdom and I'll be taking the next couple weeks just to cover a few things. Uh, today I want to uh, look at uh, restoration of the kingdom. Restoration of the kingdom. So let's go ahead and uh, if you uh, have the Bible app, the notes should be on there. Uh, if... Uh, you're watching online, look them up. The word restoration, according to Webster, is the act of replacing in a former state. It is the act of replacing in a former state. It is recovery from a lapse or any bad state. It's revival. It's reestablishment. Now, here's the ones I want you to pay attention to. Restoration is revival. It's reestablishment. It's renewal of health or soundness. It's revival, reestablishment, recovery from any bad state. Now, we know, and we've talked about this, and Pastor Ted has done a fantastic job of looking at when God placed Adam in the garden, he placed him as the kingdom. We know that he said, let us put man in the garden. He said, let him rule, let him have dominion. Those are all kingly duties. And, and, and so we know how Adam uh, treated the kingship that he had. Well, here's the thing. Mankind was created with a destiny to reign. It's in, it's in our DNA. It's who we are. It's what we were created to do. Your DNA, my DNA, from Adam all the way down was created to reign. But we don't do that because we often treat the kingdom like Adam did. We take, take it for granted. And here's, the, here's our next thing that's hurt us, Carrie, is we have turned Christianity from a kingdom mindset into a religion. Jesus never came to establish a religion. He came to restore the kingdom and the dominion of man back to man's hands. By becoming man, doing what only man could do, but only through the, the, the feeling of God, did he uh, fulfill the dominion back. He came to restore. So we need to first understand that we're not talking about a religion. Man, if we could get out of that. Well, you're religious. You can do anything religiously. 
We have lunch, breakfast, and dinner religiously. (laughs) We can do anything religiously, but that's not what God came to do. He didn't come to set up a set of rules and regulations. He came to establish the dominion that you and I were supposed to be walking in. Now go to Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to stay in Colossians 1 for for a few minutes here. But I want you to go to verse uh, 15. And I, I, you, in your, if you're on the app, it probably doesn't start there. I don't know. It probably starts at 19, don't it? Well, we're going back up to 15 for my cases. It said, he is the image of the invisible God. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. We'll catch up to 19. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. So when we were talking about creation, we're talking about him. Talking about Jesus. Now look what, I love this. For by him, all things were created. So all of creation was birthed out of Jesus. And in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authority, all things were created through him and for him. You know, we forget that. We forget that. We were created not just by him, but you were created for him. He, you, are the, you are a purposed creation so that he would have an, an association, a connection, a divine relationship with you. For by him, all things were created by him and for him. I love that. Now go to, uh, where are we at? 17. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Now here's where we pick it up. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in in that body of Jesus. All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. You have to understand, when God put Adam in the garden and established his kingdom reign, what did he do? What's the word tell us he did? He come down and he went and had a walk with him. He went and had a conversation with him. God's intent was always to be in an intimate relationship with humanity. That's why all things were created by him and all things were created for him. And when Jesus came, all of the Godhead was pleased to dwell in him. Why? Because they were pleased to be in, not that God's not everywhere, but personally present with every human being that he would touch, every person that he would walk beside. For he was pleased, for in him the fullness of the Godhead was pleased to be in him. Verse 20, for through him to reconcile to himself all things. Now what did he reconcile to himself through Jesus? All things. Come on, that'll kick in at about 2 o'clock this morning. 
you'll sit up and go, I get it. Through Jesus, all things have been reconciled back to God. We'll wake up to it eventually. And when we do, it'll change our lives forever. Through him, all things were reconciled (laughs) to himself, all things. Whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. So let's, let's look at this. You say, why are you, we talking about this? Because we're talking about a restored kingdom. This is what Jesus came to do. So in him, all things were reconciled, reconciled back to himself. And now God is at war with humanity. Right? That's what we teach half the time. That's what we preach. God will get you. But the word tells us here, Jeff, that in him, that through the blood of the cross, he made peace. He made peace. God is at peace with humanity. We need to stop this thing that, oh, God doesn't like this about you, and God doesn't like that about you. Now, does God want me to change? Yes. Does God want me to continue the things and the sin that I know I'm doing? No. But I am at peace with him. You are at peace with him. And if we can get people to understand that there is peace between them and God, imagine what they would lay down to quit, to stop trying to find a little bit of peace in their life. That they would just lay it down to find a little bit of peace. Why do addicts keep using to find that peace? There's a peace that comes. There's this... You see, but if we, if we taught them that at their very essence, that God has made himself at peace with them. Man, imagine how much easier, Karen, it'll be. I said it Sunday, and it's going to carry over into this Sunday. I didn't mean to say it so many times Sunday, but as I was editing video this week, I saw that I kept saying, imagine how attractive we'd be. Imagine how attractive we'd be. Imagine how attractive we would be. Imagine how attractive we'd be if we brought the gospel of peace. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Now I want to look at that word reconcile there. That word reconcile, it means to make right with. It means, uh, Thayer says that it means to reconcile completely. Hmm. To reconcile completely. Now see, we're trying to find our place in the kingdom. What I'm trying to show us is our place in the kingdom is so set, is so secure, is so at ease. That word reconcile means to reconcile Completely, not partial, not partial reconciliation. It's a complete reconciliation. There's nothing more to be done. 
The cross did it all. The cross settled it all. The cross established the kingdom and man's dominion in the kingdom once again, and it is a complete reconciliation. (coughs) It means to reconcile back again. I love this last part of this definition. To bring back to a former state of harmony. So what did the cross do? It brought humanity back. Somebody catch this with me, please. Somebody catch this with me. To bring back to a former place of state of harmony. The cross brought man back into harmony with the original setup that God placed Adam in the kingdom of Eden in. It is man has been brought, the cross brought harmony. It established the, we've been talking so much here about crystals in your ears and and all this stuff. And when they get out of whack, you get kind of, kind of, anybody ever had that happen to you? That is such a weird feeling. And, And they have to do things to align those crystals in your ears back up at vertigo. And once they line up, everything's, you're back to your old self. How many times do we say that after being sick? Oh, I'm back to my old self. I'm back to my old self. You were reconciled. You've been brought back to a place of harmony. The cross brought humanity back to that place of harmony with God. Now, so, but why are so many out here living another way? Because the word says that they're alienated in their minds. That's why repentance means metanoia, to change your mind. The word says that they're alienated in their minds, which brings back their evil deeds. <coughs> Excuse me. But I love that reconcile. He has reconciled, brought back into harmony all things, both in heaven and on earth. Is that not what the Colossians tells us there? Is that what we're reading Colossians 1 still, right? To bring back into harmony. That word reconcile, we could hang on that word for an hour, but we won't. Look at verse 21. And you who were once alienated and hostile where? Let's try it again. You who were once alienated and hostile in mind. The only thing that's holding us back from walking in the harmony of the kingdom that we have been placed in is our own mindset. How we feel about us can contrast it to what the Word of God says about us. (laughs) Doing evil deeds. He He has now reconciled, brought back into harmony in his body of flesh by his death. In order to present you holy and blameless above reproach before him. Imagine, the only thing that it took for me to walk in this was for me to say yes to salvation that had already been done. What he already did in my life. And once I said yes to it, 
change that mindset of mine and begin to see myself the way he says to see me, begin to operate the way he says to operate, I now understand, I now can understand what, it was, what it's like to be brought back into harmony with the original state of the kingdom mankind was set in. Finding our place is so important. And I know when we started this series, people thought, okay, Pastor Ted, Pastor Brent, they're going to tell me where I fit in the kingdom. No, it's getting you to understand you're in the kingdom now. <coughs> There's not trying to just find one place. This is your place. Verse 23, if indeed you continue in faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation. Yep, I know, the scriptures just ran through your brain, didn't it? And I saw, I saw the light bulb, come on. <laughs> which has been proclaimed in all creation, <laughs> under heaven, and of which I, Paul, become a minister. Go to verse 26. Are you, are you, is this helping you? I'm telling you, you imagine the, the junk that we could strip off of people. The shame and the guilt that would set people free if we really started preaching this. If we all started living it. If we understood how to teach it to them, how to give it to them, you know? Uh, verse 26, the mystery hidden from ages and generation, but is now revealed to his saints, to them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of his glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you is the hope of glory. That's a kingdom in a nutshell. That Christ in you is the very hope of all glory. That we have been established and restarted back to harmony, reconciled, put back into the place of former state of harmony. And so now we can see that we can walk in freedom. Jump back up to the top of this chapter now. Go to verse 12. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. King James Version said, who made us meet. What it means is qualified. Now thanks to the Father who has qualified. Everybody say, I'm qualified. There's nothing else you have to do. I'll try it over here. They're getting it. There's nothing else you have to do. You are qualified, not by anything you did, not by anything you said, not by some prayer that you prayed, but by Jesus and him alone. He has qualified you. Woo! This is your place in the kingdom. He said, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered, past tense, 
delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of what? His beloved son. Into the king. He has transferred us. He has delivered us. He has qualified us. My place in the kingdom was to say yes. And then reconciliation took me back to a place, to the former state of harmony. That man was originally walking in. This is why he calls us the ecclesia. This is why he calls us the ruling reign. We're going to get into it a little bit more. You handed me that book and didn't know what I was teaching this week. In whom? So he, he transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. First, the King James Version of he has qualified us, I told you, said he has made us meet. That word, original word, it means to equip one with power to perform the duties of one or of another. So when he qualified you, he equipped you with the ability and the power to perform the duties that he performs. Qualified. Doesn't just mean I, I win the race. No, it means not only do I win the race, but I have been placed in a position to now operate under the power of the one who set up the kingdom from the first place. That word delivered, he has delivered us. It means to rescue, to be rescued, to deliver. I like this, it says, to drag out of danger. To drag. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. He has dragged us. You know why? You know, there's only a couple reasons to drag someone. One, they're injured and can't get out themselves. If they're injured and can't get out themselves, I'm going to reach down and I'm going to drag them. Or else they're coming out kicking and screaming whether they like it or not. If you ain't never dragged a kid, you don't know what I'm talking about. When he said he delivered us, he dragged us out of darkness because we were too injured to do it ourselves and because half of us wouldn't go anyhow, so we had to come out kicking and screaming. And now, only thing that blocks this reality in my life is me saying yes to this salvation. This already done work. This already established kingdom. He dragged us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us. That word transferred means to cause a change of position. To transfer. You ready? I love this last part, Colleen. It means to change sides. <laughs> it means he dragged you out. 
because you was too injured to do it yourself. Kicking and screaming whether you liked it or not. While we were yet sinners, Christ died whether we liked it or not. It didn't matter. I didn't have to ask him to die for me. I didn't have to do it. I could have stood right in his face and said, don't you dare. He said, listen, there's nothing you can do to stop me from reestablishing the harmony that belongs in the kingdom. And now it's yours. Whether you like it or not, it's yours. Just what you're going to do with it. It's that easy. <laughs> mm. Oh, I hear wheels. And then he caused me to change sides. Brent Belcher version, you ready? Giving thanks to God who equipped us with the adequate power to perform our duties in the kingdom. To share the inheritance of the saints in light. He dragged us out of danger, rescued and saved us from the power and the authority of darkness and caused us to change sides. He changed our position by transferring us into the kingdom of the son he loves who forgave our sins and brought us complete redemption. We didn't change one thing in that verse. We just used those definitions to write it. Folks, this is our place in the kingdom. Safe, secure, settled, without fear. Well, if I do something, he's going to boot me on out. He went through too much to get you here. Why is he going to throw you out? Oh, come on. 1 Corinthians. Glory to God. I tell you what, I'm happy whether you are not. 2 Corinthians. I made this mistake Sunday. I said 1 Corinthians, even put 1 Corinthians on the window, on the screen, and only one person caught it. They said, you had a mistake. They came to me and said, you had a mistake. I'm like, yeah, that'll happen. It was easy. They flipped over to the right Corinthians and found it. 2 Corinthians. (laughs) All of this... Is from God, who through Christ reconciled, ah, there's that word again, to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Gave us the ministry to tell everybody else, come on in, it's all good, the party's already started. The party's already started, come on in. Again, that word reconcile, to bring back to a former state of harmony. All of this is from God, who through Christ brought us back to a former state of harmony to himself and gave us the ministry to bring others back. Verse 19, that is in Christ. Y'all, y'all, have, y'all remember, no, right? It's my favorite set of scriptures. This, when I caught this set of scriptures, it changed my life. It changed my ministry. All my preaching changed. People started calling me a heretic. All kinds of stuff happened when I got a hold of this scripture. Some of you think I'm laughing about that. Anyhow, that is, verse 19, in Christ, God was reconciling, bringing back to a state of harmony the world to himself. 
Glory to God. That ought to make us jump, run, shout, run up these walls, climb these beams, and drop down. God in Christ brought back to a former state of harmony the world. We need to quit looking at them as going to hell in a handbasket. They're going to hell in their mind because that's where they're separated from God at. And that realization where they don't agree to this salvation, I say it all the time, the world's facing hell with their sins forgiven. The world's facing hell when it's already been brought back into harmony with God according to this verse. Who in the right, Dee and I went to a, a meeting one time. It was on evangelism. One of the best evangelistic teachers I'd ever heard. I can't even remember who he was now. Uh, he gave away books on books. He said, here, give them out to however many people you want. But he said, if people would understand this, who in their right mind would choose hell? Over heaven. So what's that tell us? They're not in the right mind. Repent. Metanoia. Change your mind. Where's our place in the kingdom? Reconciled. Right back to perfect harmony with God. Verse 20. For we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin. He became sin. He didn't just take sin. See, the results of, the the effects of sin are completely destroyed. Jesus, he made him to be sin. And went to the cross. So why is humanity still doing what it's doing? Because it has not awakened in its mind to the place that they are in Christ. And it is our job, it should behoove us to say, hey, you don't have to live in this. You don't have to do this. You, I can tell you, you have a peace with God. You have harmony with God. Come and let me show you about a God you may have never heard of before. And I'm telling you that when we show them this Jesus, who established the work, who qualified us, Nothing of ourselves. He became him sin who knew no sin so that we might become. Now we hear that word might like, well, they, maybe they won't, maybe they will. That, that's not what, that's what that word means. It's actually a fixed word. So that we will be the righteousness of God. Luke chapter 17. Finding our place in the kingdom. I'm, I'm showing you, your place is settled. Our job is to let everybody else know. It it should sadden us when we understand that they're going through life living less than they live, than they have to live. They don't have to live. 
<laughs> Luke 17. Man, I'm almost done here, folks. It's all right. Luke 17, verse 20. And being asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them. The kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Now, wait a minute. That's not what we preach a lot. Because Monica... If you're living in the kingdom and the kingdom's really in you, I will see you not doing what you've always done. It's what we do. We look at somebody on the outside and say, okay, Galen, unless, you're, unless you are not doing everything over here. See, what that does, that gives me the right to hand you my rule book and says, go through my rule book Well, the problem is, every church has a different rule book. (laughs) Some, you don't ever get tattoos. Then you got other places. Some, you don't ever pierce your ears. Then you have other places. Some, you don't ever wear pants, women. I didn't say in church, I said ever. Then you got other places. Who's right? And I know we say, well, we can, listen, I, I, I saw a video the other day of this guy preaching so hard about beards on men and how there is no anointing for any man that has a beard. I thought Jesus was in trouble. <laughs> I thought, my God. So the problem is, whose rule book? Look what Jesus says here about the kingdom. He said, the kingdom is not going to come in ways that can be observed. We need to stop looking at people and their behaviors to determine if the kingdom is working in their lives or not. The kingdom can be working in their life while their behaviors are still trying to catch up. But we want everybody to act like us who's been around this thing for 40, 50 years And just because I'm not tempted with those things anymore, they shouldn't be either. The kingdom of God does not come, that's Jesus' words, in ways that can be observed. Verse 21, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there. They're not going to say, hey, look, that's the kingdom. Look how she's dressed. Look how her clothes look. She ain't wearing earrings. She ain't got no makeup on. She, you know. That man has got his beard shaved. He ain't wearing long hair. He don't have earrings on. God forbid they're stretched out this big. There ain't no tattoos. Look, there's the kingdom. No, there's the kingdom. See, that's what we're doing. Everybody's got their own book. So we say, there's the kingdom. No, that's the kingdom. No, that's the kingdom. Jesus said, that's not how the kingdom is going to be observed. Look at the rest of that verse. They're not going to say, behold, it is here or there. He said, behold, where's the kingdom? Behold, the kingdom of God is, if you're reading King James, within you. If you're reading from the ESV, which is on your, 
It says, in the midst of you. Where's the kingdom? Within you. Folks, it may take somebody years before they get their behavior straight. Hey, let me tell you something else. Just because God tells you not to do it, he may not tell somebody else not to do it. Now, we can be clear on what the Word says, sin, sin. There's no question about that. But a lot of this other stuff, we look for ways to make it up. But I like what he says there. He said, the Word, he said, behold, the kingdom is within you. This is where the kingdom works. It doesn't work on the outside of you. This is why, listen, you go back to the 50s, to some of the great faith, move, faith healers and, 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 and men and women of God back in the 50s. Outside of their services, they weren't great people. Some of them were flat out alcoholics. Well, then how did God move? Because the kingdom of God was still in them. Oh, yeah, there's that heretic word again. I just heard it. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is in, within, if you're reading King James. In the midst, if you're reading the English Standard Version. That word is actually entos. E-N-T-O-S. And that word means within or inside of. So, no matter what you say. Listen, I had somebody try to argue this with me. And they said, well, no, that just means the kingdom of heaven was around you because Jesus was around them. No, it doesn't. That word within is entos. Which means inside of. So Jesus was telling them, where was the kingdom? Inside. So where's your place in the kingdom? You're it. It's inside you. It's where you're standing. It's every aisle you walk down in Walmart. It's every gas pump you touch. It's every person you look in the eye and smile at. The kingdom of heaven is within you. Entos means inside. The root word of entos is E-N, in, which means a fixed place. It means a fixed place. It's a fixed position. In time or space. So where's the kingdom? It is fixed. Not to be moved. Inside you. So what does that mean? So what does that mean? Luke 22 verse 29. Luke 22 verse 29. Isn't this stuff exciting? Whew, Jesus. I preach myself happy. Luke twenty two twenty nine, And I assigned to you as my Father assigned to me a kingdom. And I assigned to you, this is Jesus, as my Father assigned to me 
a kingdom. Thayer's definition of that word kingdom is royal power or kingship, it's dominion or rule. It's not necessarily a actual kingdom, but it's power to operate. And he said, I'm assigning to you the power, the ability, the dominion. This is your place in the kingdom. Thayer goes on to say, it's not to be confused with an actual kingdom, but rather the right or authority to rule over a kingdom. That's why he told Peter, you're the ecclesia. They didn't have a word for church, not like what we think church. It was a military term. It's a military term. He said, and on this revelation of who I am, my father's going to build my ecclesia. He says, I'm assigning to you as my father assigned to me the right, the ability to operate and to exercise authority and dominion. That's what all, everything I've said up until leads to right there. Inside of you, right now, is the authority, the dominion, and the power to operate God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. What a transitional prayer Jesus was leaving his disciples. They were transitioning from Jesus' followers to Christ-like. And he was saying, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he told them, Go. And I assign to you a kingdom like my Father assigned to me. Last one, Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 28. Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom. Same word. For receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. A power, an authority, a dominion that as I speak, it can't be shaken. We wonder why so many things come about in our lives after we've spoken and we've spoken and we've spoken and we talk it and we talk it and we talk it. Why? Because the decrees of kings get followed. Did you hear me? The decrees of kings gets followed. And when you open your mouth, you are making a declaration. You have been given a kingdom, an authority, a dominion, a power that cannot be shaken. And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship and reverence and awe. That word shaken, of course it means unshaken or unmoved. But Thayer says metaphorically, it's not liable to overthrow and disorder. It's not liable to overthrow, disorder, firmly stable. And let us be grateful to God who has given us a dominion, a power, and authority that cannot be overthrown, 
cannot be. Listen. Who was it? Nipsey Russell? You should say the devil made me do it. Flip Wilson. Get those two guys mixed up all the time. Flip Wilson. The devil made me do it. He can't. Because in you is in a dominion and an authority and in a power that can't be overthrown. It happened because you did it. We allow in our lives. Monday I got up sick. I mean, I, I felt rough. I felt bad. I was mad at Perry. I, I was sure Perry did it to me. And I say that because I know he's watching. I had a conversation with God sitting on my recliner that morning. I said, this is not how your children live. Now listen, is age going to happen? Yep. Is life going to happen? Yep. But I said, I'm not, this is not how, no. So we had a talk. I had a talk over my kingdom and began to declare some things. By that evening, fevers were gone. Everything, I felt good. The next day, I got up, came to work, just like I did today. Now, is everything straightened out yet? Nope, I still sound a little funny, but that's gone too. Why? Because I have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. I have a word, a dominion, an authority that is not liable to be overthrown. So what are you speaking in your kingdom? This is your place in the kingdom. And sometimes, Carrie, it's not what we are speaking, but sometimes it's what we're not speaking. Sometimes we're not saying enough. Speak, declare, kings, this is your place. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We glorify and magnify you. We praise you. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all you're going to continue to do. May you rest forever in us. And Father, we thank you that this is the day you've made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. And every day we're going to awaken more and more to what the kingdom is in us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.